0: 105.9, The Mountain Rocks. I'm Steve Richards. Dirty Honey is a throwback. In-Your-Face rock and roll band. They're based out of Los Angeles. Quartet is comprised of Mark, John, Justin, and new drummer, Jaden. Their new single we've been playing here on the mountain is Won't Take Me Alive. The new album, Can't Find the Breaks, is being released very soon this fall. And they have a bunch of dates coming up, opening up for Guns N' Roses, including... North Carolina in Charlotte this month, August twenty ninth. Happy to have singer Mark LaBelle join me now. Mark, welcome. Thanks for having me, Steve. How you doing? Good, yeah, we're looking forward to that show at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. How did you end up meeting the other guys and forming this band?
1: Yeah, um, I get that one every so often. It's um it's pretty common LA Tale. You know, moved uh I moved to LA from New York City. Um and you know three of the other guys did the same thing you know one came from maine another one came from salt lake city and uh, justin is the only true los angelino but we all sort of met skiing around town doing rock gigs you know cover gigs and bars and stuff and slowly but surely we all kind of found our um our brothers so to speak that wanted to be in a original rock and roll band and we sort of took a chance on each other and started writing songs, and, um, you know, away we went. But uh, that whole process of finding one another took quite a while, actually.
0: And you and John and Justin have been together uh, since the start. You do have a new drummer since late last year, Jaden. What's that been like with a new member of the band?
1: Well, so it's been great. Um, He actually was one of those original cats that, you know, we would play in the bars with, um, you know, when I first moved here. Jade and I crossed paths and he actually lived in the house with John and Justin. So they're like, we're all super tight already. So it was a pretty easy fit. Um, once we had to make the change, but, um, yeah, he's a great musician. He's been singing and uh, playing drums ever since he was a little kid. So he's been a real asset to us with, um, you know, chipping in on background vocals and, and obviously he's a really, really talented drummer. He's, he's had a great career so far. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty seamless transition because we had already done stuff with him. He wrote the song, one of our first ever releases, called "Fire Away" with us, and uh, he's, um, we're happy to have him back in the fold. So,
0: this single you have out now, Mark, won't take me alive. What's that song all about?
1: For me, it's um, it's actually kind of a little bit of a social commentary song about you know sort of what's going on in the world today, and you know it, it kind of um, lyrically was birthed out of kind of a string of events that happened, just, you know, stuff in the news. And then we were in um Germany for the first time. I was in Berlin with a friend, much, much older guy, who lived through, like, the collapse of the Berlin Wall and, you know, the um, the um actual construction of the Berlin Wall. And he was like, it was crazy. You know, one day, just a fence started going up and you were in, you know, the, the USSR or, and, and this side was still Germany, like American, you know, World Germany, and this side was for the French or whoever. And I was like, wow, it's crazy. I can't imagine. Like, all of a sudden, somebody just comes in and says, You're on a, you belong to us now, you know? And sort of that confluence of events, you know, coupled with things happening in the news with, you know, Russia and the Ukraine. I just was like, There should be a song about these people that have been disenfranchised. And, you know, I, I'm sure they're saying to themselves, you know, we're either going to fight for our lives here or we're just not going to back down to whatever it is that's coming to us. So, um, and obviously, John wrote a great riff that kind of evokes that kind of attitude. You know, he titled the demo, you'll, you'll Have to Kill Me First. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good, but I think there's a better way to say that.
0: Do you do most of writing, or is it a collaboration? I do uh, most of the lyrical writing,
1: um, for sure. And and a lot of times, you know, if, if I'm stuck on something, I have no problem, you know, like collaborating with anybody, really, just to, to give the, a, a good word out or a line or something. I do like to sometimes, if if I have nothing, I like to just get on the mic in the studio and try out lines and try and build the story around maybe a cool line or a cool melody or, you know, ask, ask people what they're feeling um, from this music. Um, but yeah, there's total collaboration happening musically to get to a finished product for sure also. And I think John and Justin both write riffs. I write riffs and and sometimes even, like, full song arrangements on acoustic that we then arrange for the band. You know, so it's pretty typical of most bands that I've heard of. Their writing process is kind of all over the place, and it's not, like, very scientific. But in terms of lyrics, yeah, I usually sit down by myself and try and come up with good stuff.
0: This is off your upcoming sophomore album, as I mentioned, Can't Find the Breaks, coming out this fall. Did you feel a lot of pressure going into the sophomore effort? (laughs) I did. Uh, for
1: sure um, before uh, Won't Take Me Alive got finished and then I kind of, you kind of know you definitely know as an artist like what's good and what's not and then once we had a couple things like, you know, that we were playing live on the last tour um, that we knew we were really proud of it's kind of like, okay, let's, let's continue on this wave of creation and just keep going and and that's really what we did. We We kind of took the momentum we had coming off tour writing you know a couple songs there's a song called dirty mind that we were playing a little bit um we were playing won't take me alive another tune called ride on that we're all going over really well with the audience and then we took that into rehearsals here in la and just literally rode that creativity right to um to australia where we where we made the record and um you know some things actually came to fruition in in australia too um Strangely enough, you just, again, you never know how it's going to happen. But, yeah, in terms of pressure, I was feeling it. And then once you know you have, like, something great, like, we well, Take Me alive, and it's finished, and, and everybody feels really good about it. It's, it's a lot more fun to just, you know, kind of let things flow out of you.
0: Produced by Nick DiDia and recorded, as you mentioned, in uh, Australia. What was it like recording there? It's awesome. We did, we did the first
1: EP there as well, but Nick actually moved into a new studio um, just outside of Byron Bay, which is, like, it's kind of like the Malibu of, of Australia, I guess. Um, so it's definitely not a bad place to be. Um, but it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, aside from making a record, I like learned how to surf and, uh, you know, I got to really enjoy myself and, you know, we had a really good pace. I think some days, you know, I would have off and then maybe John would just go in and do guitars. And I would have a day where I was just singing all day and like writing lyrics and stuff. And, you know, we would have days of just complete experimentation with how do we make things better. So we were there for about a month, and it was honestly it was a dream come true, and I, I quite honestly can't wait to do it again. We just need to get some more riffs and some more starts of songs going, and um, I think once we do that, we'll probably plan on, okay, when are we when are we going back? You know, is it going to be April of next year, or, or what are we doing? So, How
0: would you guys come up with the name Dirty Honey?
1: That, um, that was just one of those names, um we didn't have a band name and I was we all were just on a group text throwing names, you know, at the wall. Just anything was sorta of good. We would write it down into this like master list. And um, when Robert Plant was getting interviewed with uh Howard Stern, he was talking about his band, the Honey Drippers. He had like a side project and I was like, We have something like that, I think. Honey drippers. I'd never heard of it. And uh I popped into my iPhone and pulled up the master list, and there it was, like number three down the line. I was like, "Dirty Honey, that's pretty good." Um, and we all just threw we out a gig one night, and we we're like, "What's our band name going to be?" Because it was kind of changing every week and getting really confusing for for fans. And uh, we all looked at Dirty Honey, and we we're like, "That's pretty good. Let's go with that."
0: You've had uh, so where
1: where that came from? I have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I wish I knew.
0: You've had supporting slots with Kiss and now Guns N' Roses. Of course, uh, you're on that uh, tour uh, in support of Guns N' Roses. Again, going to be in Charlotte later this month on August 29th at the Spectrum Center. Then that wraps up near the end of September down in Biloxi, Mississippi. And then you'll be heading out on another headline tour, right?
1: Yeah, we'll be heading out in the fall. Um, So we will be road hot, as they say, coming into our fall tour um, for Can't Find the Breaks. Having you know, obviously just finished up the European tour and doing the stuff that we're doing with Guns and a couple other festivals here and there. We'll be we'll be coming in hot for the um, for the headline run, which will be the first time we've done it in a couple of years now, actually in the states. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and hopefully, like I said before, um, hopefully we'll have a day off in Nashville again. That'd be great.
0: What was the first concert you ever attended? It was uh, yeah, it was Aerosmith at Spac. Spac up in Saratoga. Yeah. up in Saratoga. So to, to play
1: there, um, we, I played there once before with the black crows, um, when we were opening for them and that was obviously a dream come true. I love the black crows. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like COVID. There's a lo- little bit of COVID like stuff happening. And I think the audiences weren't really ready to, to gather again by the thousands. And, um, I know this show that we're doing up in Saratoga in a few weeks is completely sold out. And that's, I don't think I've ever seen SPAC as full as it's going to be. Actually, that's not true. I said yeah, that Aerosmith show is sold out. So from the stage, I will never have seen it as full as it's going to be. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's just got to be a special show for you. You're from the Albany, New York area. And for those who don't know SPAC, it's the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in Saratoga, New York, a beautiful venue. Do you remember the first album you bought?
1: The first album I bought, um, man, that's a good question. I don't know if I do remember the first album I ever bought. It had to have been like Permanent Vacation or Toys in the Attic. I think it was bought for me, to be honest. But me personally going to um, like a store, the one that comes to mind is Nine Lies by Aerosmith. And that was actually the tour I saw first. I was like four years old.
0: Who were some of the influences growing up? Yeah, I mean, Aerosmith's a big one, ACDC,
1: Zeppelin, The Stones, Tom Petty, The Black Crows, Um, really anything from, like, the 70s or, like, late 60s up to, like, the late 80s to early 90s is kind of my wheelhouse, like, sound garden, and I I even love, like, Nirvana and Pearl Jam, but, I mean, going back even further to a lot of the old, like, R&B, Soul and and Blues Cats, like, Albert and BB King and Sam Cooke and... Like, even Sinatra, like, I love all his stuff.
0: What did your parents listen to and turn you on to? Yeah, my my dad had a pretty wide range of stuff that
1: he loved, like, he was all over the place. He liked country, he loved rock, he listened to a lot of Aerosmith and stuff, too. Um, my stepdad was really the one that showed me bands like Tom Petty and the Rolling Stones. Um, my mom loved Bryan Adams and Rod Stewart. Um, Billy Joel, Elton John. A pretty good. feel like they had pretty good taste, actually, looking back now.
0: Mark LaBelle, he's the lead singer from Dirty Honey. Again, they're out on a tour right now in support of Guns N' Roses. Any pressure to perform with uh, an opening up for Guns N' Roses? <laughs>
1: uh, not so much anymore. We've done it quite a bit the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, everybody in the band has had really nice things to say about us. Um, you know, and slash... Um, has taken us out on on tour with him, with his band, with Miles Kennedy. So it's, um, you know, we feel kind of like a camaraderie with those guys, and we obviously love that band and and love everybody in it. Um, You know, and their crew and their management and everything has been really supportive of us, so we're we're super grateful for it. But, yeah, in terms of, I don't really get nervous. I get excited more than anything. I just, I kind of feel like the audience um, has a familiarity with us already, And if they don't, then, you know, if they're there to see Guns N' Roses, I think they'll they'll probably like Dirty Honey, and they'll be happily surprised.
0: And you can see Dirty Honey in Charlotte later this month, August 29th, at the Spectrum Center. Mark LaBelle, the lead singer of Dirty Honey. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.